Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. So, what do you get when you take a smart ass sex and dating expert who's a little too smart for his own good? And you take a smoking hot vixen with just the right amount of naughty and nice. And together they point out all the very stupid things men and women do in the world of sex and dating. You get a juicy little podcast that is smart, sexy, and will knock you on your ass. It's unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is Believe in the Sex Playbook, and it starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome to Believe in the Sex Playbook. I'm your host, John Ibrahim, coming to you from the Windy City here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? So Shay is on vacation today. So alongside with me filling in is my good friend, Sarah. Hey, hey. Sarah. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. <laughs> How you doing? Not too bad. How about you? Pretty good. And Sarah actually is filling in on like a last minute basis. So I really appreciate you coming in into our goofy little show yeah, and helping you know, out. I'm good last minute. <laughs> <laughs> good. So... Everyone, if you love the show as much as Trump loves pussy grabbing, then please remember to subscribe to the Believe in the Sex Playbook and rate us with a five-star rating. You can find Believe in the Sex Playbook on your favorite podcast directories, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others we'll mention at the end of the show. And of course, you can always find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. That's B-L-E-A-V. All right, so... Not only is Sarah a good friend of mine, but she's also a professional counselor. So she has a unique perspective of giving us the head shrinker viewpoints on things. You know, obviously, Shay and I always give like the street smart kind of standpoint on the crazy world of sex and dating. But every now and then it's good to have a professional come in and give us the whole reason why our brains are making us do the stupid things that they do. So... Sarah, do you get a lot of people trying to pick your brain a lot on sex and dating? Like, are you the one in your group of girlfriends that are always trying to uh, pick your brain to set them straight? I think a lot of my girlfriends come to me with what is, you know, my boyfriend thinking? What is he doing? Um, as far as dating relationship advice on their perspective, I'm the last person that they <laughs> want to get advice from, and rightfully so. Yeah. Well, and there's there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that, you know, because <laughs> we definitely can use your professional insight on today's topic. But I also know, because I know you so well, that you have personal insight that you can offer to the topic. And that's going to be talking about serial cheaters. Absolutely. <laughs> so what's a serial cheater? The name speaks for itself. It's people who cheat multiple times, either on the same person over and over again, or in every relationship that they've ever been in. Does that sound about right, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a big difference between, you know, the, the casual dating and dating multiple people and being in that serious relationship and still feeling that need to step out and have affairs per se. Yeah. You know, when you say affair, that makes it sound like it's a love affair, like a long-term thing. But really, a lot of times the serial cheaters are just doing it to bang other guys or bang other girls. 
I think that is part of it, but there is, you know, at times where you want that outside relationship, where sometimes that affair is something more than just a physical relationship with somebody else. And you think that apply that applies to serial cheaters as well, that it could be when they do their serial cheating, it's also to have like emotional affairs or usually when it falls into the category of actually being a serial cheater, it's just for the sex. I think it's more of that thrill and that chase, um, whether it be the physical chase, because a lot of times that's a little bit more easy to come by, especially for women, um, versus that emotional um, chase and that emotional thrill. Um, I think that poses a much bigger um, challenge to people. No, and that makes a lot of sense in any relationship, whether it's you're cheating, not cheating, you're pursuing somebody or whatever. The chase is always what gives the excitement and that adrenaline rush because it's one important piece of the puzzle in that whole mating dance ritual of kind of of kind of going for what you're what you're after. Absolutely. Serial cheaters, I think when we mention that, people automatically the first thing that pops into their head is they picture a guy, like that scumbag asshole guy that always cheats on their girlfriend, cheats on their wife. But actually, from my experience, the serial cheating is split pretty evenly between men and women, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I don't think there is, you know, a gender dominance in serial cheating um, because it really doesn't have much to do with our gender. No, it doesn't. It, it has to do with what the cheater is trying to fulfill, what, what they're trying to accomplish, whether it's just to add another you know number to their to their sex conquest list or if it's them trying to fulfill more of a insecurity that they're never going to be able to fix everybody men and women have those same motivators yeah i would be interested in seeing if there is a difference as far as motive like i could imagine men being more driven by that physical aspect where they are serial cheating just for sex whereas women may be more serial cheating in the sense of looking for that relationship or that desire um that chase um i believe there'd probably be a difference there well we'll dive into that here in a little bit but i think that Another reason why it's great to have you here to talk about this topic is you're not just giving us the clinical side of things, but you're also giving us like what me and Shay always record about is the real world side of it. You can give us that perspective as well because you are a self-admitted serial cheater. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, There is a long self-discovery period of this inner battle and you know being a counselor i have a lot of counselor friends i don't recommend having that many counselor friends <laughs> why? Um, it's exhausting <laughs> a lot of because you have a lot of people around you telling you how fucked up you are oh yeah and a lot of inward reflection um you know not just having that ear of like somebody being supportive but oh well maybe this is what you're doing wrong and maybe this is what's happening i'm like yeah no i know that too <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, you know, there's that old phrase that shrinks need shrinks. Absolutely. I think everybody does need a therapist and a counselor because we can all sit in our heads all day long. But if I had the answers to my own problem, I would have found it by now. Yeah, right. It gives the it gives the term self-help a whole nother meaning. Huh? Right. <laughs> so, so we called you a serial cheater. And so probably people are listening and being like, oh, 
Oh, yeah. Who's this whore you got on the show with you? And My enemy list probably got a lot longer. Right. Yeah. You, you and me both, sister. <laughs> My list, I didn't think I could get any longer. But, but hey, it's always nice to add to the list. Exactly. Before people pass judgment on you, Sarah, it's also worth noting that that's something that you probably outgrew, right? I think outgrow is uh, not the right term for it. Um, yeah. I've learned a lot over time. Um, I figured out where a lot of that need to find things outside of my relationship came from. Um, and really learning over time that, you know, if I want to have a sustainable relationship, one of my good friends and I, she is a counselor as well, would always talk about how it's almost like there are two parts of, you know, my brain, the part that wants, you know, the, the white picket fence and the husband and have all these great things. Like but the hopeless then, romantic side to it? Yeah. And then there's that other part of me that, you know, wants to be, you know, that forever single person and always having adventures and having fun and finding where the difference between those two are and trying to meld them into one human being. Yeah, because, you know, you say you have that hopeless romantic side to you and I know you pretty well, so I'd say that's pretty fair. But... You're like you said, you're also you've you've done the single scene for a long time and I'm only twenty nine, John. <laughs> it's not been that <laughs> but long. Still, people start dating and, and getting into the sexy time thing at pretty young ages these days. Absolutely. Um so you know, you'd say you're a sexual person as well, right? Absolutely. So it's it's interesting how you square those two philosophies as being a hopeless romantic but also like being a really sexual person. Like you might think that, well, why don't you just be a very sexual person with that one person that you're in a serious relationship with and then you can have both. You can be the hopeless romantic with that one person and you can be a sex freak with that one person. But that sounds all, you know, unicorns and rainbows, right, but that's life <laughs> doesn't work that way. Right, yeah, that's not the ideal... Uh... That is the ideal. That would be the ideal goal. It just doesn't work that way. Right. That's not real world. No. You end up sacrificing one of those two things at some point in a relationship. Either love, passion that you had for that person, the hopeless romantic side fades away, but you still have like killer sex with that person. And sometimes people stay in those shitty relationships because the sex is so good. Or it's the opposite. I just love this person to death, but the sex totally sucks. And... Yeah, sure, I can go get sex from somebody else, but then now you're in the cheating scenario. Right. I think that's kind of the difference between men and women. You know, in my own experience as part of the serial cheating, it wasn't so much that physical connection and wanting, like, you know, crazy sex. It was that always looking for something more like the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Um, the excitement, the thrill of a new relationship. My mom told me from a, a young age I'm in love with falling in love. <laughs> um, and it really wasn't that physical aspect. You know, there are a lot of, um, you know, serial cheating moments that I've had that weren't physical. Yeah. And th no, that's a great point because most people, I think, right off the bat, if they're going to judge a cheater, they that's what they envision is that that person is cheating just because they want more sex. It's sex. It's all sex. It's all about sex. And, you know, I, I would think that there's just as much emotional cheating as there is physical cheating right absolutely and kind of to go a little bit nerdy here for a minute um you know there <laughs> nerd alert <laughs> there is um you know just as much pleasure that the brain gets from emotional connections with others and that excitement and that desire 
as sex, as that physical intercourse, um, where it can be just as pleasurable and just as exciting. Yeah, and that's really interesting that you, you say that because I would think, I mean, I don't know, I've never been in a really serious relationship and then had somebody cheat on me to the point where we were in this predicament, but I would think just from being on the outside looking in and talking to a lot of people who've been cheated on and had these cheating situations that if you, let's say your husband or wife, let's say in a marriage, your spouse ended up cheating on you. I think that it would be easier them, for them to stomach or forgive pure physical cheating that didn't amount to anything, maybe a one night stand or, or something like that, versus finding out that your spouse actually had a love affair with somebody else. I mean, the emotional cheating is probably far worse to stomach than the physical cheating, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think that even lends to how much pleasure the brain gets Yeah. from just the emotional aspect of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional cheating is probably like an ongoing, like fulfilling sensation, whereas the physical cheating is just going to have been a one-off, right? A quick half an hour, you know, one hour if you're doing it right. <laughs> Let's quick, be honest, most <laughs> half an hour of fulfillment and then it's done and over with. Whereas the emotional cheating is something that continues and goes on and on and on. Absolutely. So going back to your situation, you know, like I said, everybody out there, don't be so quick to judge because you seem to have like grown past that serial dating thing. It, it, you know, I kind of liken it to alcoholics, you know, alcoholics who they could be 10, 20, 30 years sober, but they still call themselves alcoholics. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, they always have that part of themselves. It's something that they always struggle with. So like your situation, even though you say you're not into the serial cheating thing anymore, would you still like an alcoholic? They still call themselves alcoholic. You would still say that that's something that is still like part of you where you would say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a serial cheater. And it's something that is always sort of a, a trait that I can suppress, but it's still part of me. Absolutely. Um, you know, going into addictions and alcoholism, um, that's kind of my professional forte. And there is a significant connection with, you know, alcoholism and how the brain perceives pleasure and how that kind of overrides our, you know, pleasure reward system in the brain um, and consumatory behaviors. Um, we see that also with sex. So, for me, with you know that part of the brain being activated by sex, and you know some people can drink alcohol occasionally and be fine, and some people are alcoholic. Yeah, right. Um, I genuinely believe it is the same thing for individuals that are serial cheaters, um, where I do have to be very careful about what I do and take the precautions that I need to not fall back into that trap and into you know that game and that rush and that thrill. Um, so that I can be a better partner today. And I want to kind of backtrack for a minute and talk about, you know, there is a lot of judgment for serial cheaters. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, a lot of people, the, the most common phrase you hear, especially from cynics out there, you know, and Shay calls me, she calls me a cynic, a relationship cynic and stuff like that, just because, you know, I always hear the, the horror stories when it comes to sex and dating. So You've you, heard a lot you of become mine. a cynic that way. So a cynic would say, once a cheater, always a cheater. In a lot of ways, I, I do believe that's true. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that every single person that cheats will always cheat. I do believe that there are some you know 
cases where, oh, I slipped and it fell in her. Oh, I had too much to drink. Um, but <laughs> I tripped for, and my dick <laughs> fell inside of her. Yeah, it. you know, that happens sometimes. Oh, all the time. <laughs> but I do think a good amount of cheaters out there is just hardwired into our brains. Yeah. Where it is that, you know, seeking that reward um, from the chase and from the thrill. And I think it's honestly a lot more common than people want to believe it is. You know, looking at how the human brain is, I don't believe that we are hardwired to be monogamous. Uh, you know what? I agree with you a million percent. I've said that exact same thing many times because, you know, I've done a lot of lecturing and things like that and a lot of writing about this. And I probably get more criticism and more like hate mail or hate tweets or something like that because of that belief. And this might be in, in more of your expertise to get validation on what I'm about to say, but if you get into like evolutionary psychology, mm -hmm. there's very few species on earth that are, that mate for life. Yeah. You know, you could probably maybe 20 or less, you know, like they say Canadian geese and I think penguins maybe and, and do swans, I think, you know, some I birds and stuff. Swans, yeah. yeah. They, they mate for life, but just short of that, there really there, is no evolutionary advantage to being monogamous. Exactly. It threatens your population if you are, correct? Absolutely. And I think a lot of the backlash that we get because of that view that monogamy is not ingrained in human beings is because of fear. Right. People are afraid that if they accept that we are not meant to be monogamous beings, that their spouse is going to go out and cheat on them. Yeah. Or it might confirm that they've had you know, desires or they've actually went out and cheated. Yeah, it's almost like a license to go cheat because if you believe that you're not meant to mate for life, then that means that, well, then I guess I can go out and fuck somebody else. But it's it's not about that. Is The difference between humans and all other species is that we've been blessed with higher intelligence. Yeah. And so that comes with guilt and things exactly. like that. And so society's belief was... You know, for many different reasons, it could be spiritual, it could be ethnic beliefs from your culture, whatever it is, has made you believe that you are supposed to grow up and get married and mate for life and have babies and that's how it's supposed to be. And so if you don't do that, it comes with a sense of, of guilt if you cheat or something like that. But what drives some people to cheat is even though we're, we're blessed with higher intelligence, we still have those reptilian side of our brains, right? Which yeah. is our instincts. And there's something drawing you to tell you that it's not normal for you to not, <laughs> without sounding disgusting, for men to spread their seed. That's what evolution tells you you're supposed to do. Yeah is to have sex with multiple females of your species. I'm not just saying humans, I'm saying every animal. So you can add numbers to your population and continue the species. Absolutely. And your whole job, so our old brain, that's um, you know, our consumatory behaviors, our survival. Its whole job is to survive and procreate and spread our own DNA. That's right. every animal. Right. Um, and kind of tracing back to saying, you know, that discussion that I had with a good friend of mine where it felt like there were two sides of me, it really is those two sides of the brain. It's that old brain that says, you know, I need to procreate. I need to make sure I find a mate that is going to help me, you know, pass on these strong genes. Right. And then the, the new brain. That is the higher intelligence that does have guilt, that does have fear, that really doesn't want to hurt other people. Right. And that's the, the those two parts of the brain that really start to collide. And I think most people have that. Some people are able to fight it off maybe more than others. And then they just live every day of their life with that 
feeling like they're they're missing something yes. you know like and, and that missing something is you know experiencing these emotions whether it's physical or emotionally with with other people now you know those of you who end up getting busted cheating don't take this recording <laughs> and play it to your partner and say see john and sarah says it's okay and here's why yeah we did not give you permission <laughs> no we're just trying to explain it a little bit on why people may do what they do like like i always say i don't make the rules i'm just here to explain them yeah but if you want to use it as a way to own your own shit Cool. Yeah. Take that. Hey, whatever works for you, man. Good luck. But, you know, again, the cynic in me says that at least with the serial cheaters, cheating isn't what you do. It's not a thing that you do. It's who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there are one-time cheaters and either they feel awful for it and they're like, I'm never doing that again. Or they realize, you know, they have too much to lose and they don't do it again. Um, but then there's the ones who keep doing it repeatedly. And there is reasons for why they're doing it repeatedly. Yeah, it's like, you know, the alcoholic who their family is like, hey, if you drink again, I'm kicking you out of the house. Nobody would logically then say, oh, well, I'm going to drink again. That's not a logical decision that human beings make. Yeah. But the disease part of the brain that is, you know, the alcoholism, um, which is a disease, it really makes it difficult to understand and see that the consequences are greater than the reward that would come from from drinking. That totally makes sense. There's probably a lot of people who are listening to this and they're like, fuck yeah. They're like, where have you been hiding this girl? <laughs> but what might explain why a lot of these men and women, you know, do the serial cheating is because, like I said, when they do it the first time, they may feel really guilty about it. Just like people out there who commit a crime the first time, they feel really guilty about it. But then every time afterwards, it gets easier and easier. The more they lie about it, I think the less guilty you feel about it. You know, after a while, it's like you become immune to the guilt. Right? Yeah, and it's like pain tolerance. You know, you get punched in the face once. <laughs> yeah, it's going to hurt. But the more you get punched in the face, it starts to hurt less and less. You get used to it. Right. Um, I think the brain can get used to emotions, too. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great way to kind of explain why they keep doing what they're doing. They know it's wrong, and some of them have even been busted before, but the more you get away with it, the less you feel like it's wrong. It actually starts diluting your ability to determine, you know, to judge between what's right and what's wrong. Absolutely. The uh, threshold for pain becomes lower. And I always talk about with, you know, addiction and substance abuse... The consequences of using have to become greater than the consequences of not using for an individual to start to take the steps to change, which is kind of what happened for me. Yeah. Um, the consequences of, of cheating had become pretty significant. The most obvious consequence would be your partner finding out and then you getting dumped. But I mean, what are some of the other consequences other than the guilt? Because the guilt itself could cause all kinds of stuff. It could cause, you know, it could cause illnesses it could cause depression it can cause loss of sleep it could, weight loss or weight gain you know Anxiety. what are what are some of the other consequences yeah I, I other than for, getting busted yeah i think for me and it's important to remember that cheating really doesn't have anything to do with a partner mm -hmm. i never cheated because of any partner that i had it had nothing to do with them and i think a lot of people out there might feel a little bit of comfort if you know by hearing that realizing the old cliche it's not you, it's me. Maybe maybe that's true. It is. It 100% is, at least in my experience. 
So other than, um, you know, feeling guilty about possibly breaking my partner's heart, which is a huge part of it, you know, the loss of that partner for me as I got older, and I think most people um, have the same feeling, you know, we become more afraid of our own mortality. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. the fear of, you know, some of the consequences that come from cheating, you know, being a female, it is a little bit uh, more risky than men. Yeah. You have a lot to lose. Absolutely. And I just, at the point that I'm at today, I'm not willing to lose anymore. So that brings up a really good point. I want you to let me know your thoughts on this. There are people who can cheat and I think maybe even be serial cheaters who still totally, completely love their partner. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so people who are listening to this that might be in one of those situations, they may be like, well, Sarah, if that's true, then why does my man or why does my girl keep cheating on me then? And it's, it again, has nothing to do with you. Um, it really is. And at all, everybody's core, you know, we are all selfish beings. We are in the long run out to, you know, save ourselves. And I don't think that there are very many truly altruistic people out there because that's not what evolution creates. Right. Um, you know, we're meant to, again, survive and procreate. It really is that need to fulfill their own desires and to, you know, light up those parts of the brain that make us feel really good. Yeah. Regardless of how much love we have, you know, from for our partners and from our partners. Yeah. I don't think that people go out and are, are cheating or repeatedly cheat because you as their partner aren't giving them something that they need to go out and get elsewhere. I think that a lot of it has to do with the person who's cheating. They could be... They could be very insecure. A lot of people think that cheaters are more, you know, alpha, that, you know, they, they're going out there and, and getting more sex, you know. But the reality is they could be very insecure because th- they have to go out and constantly seek that reassurance that other people do want me. See, look, all these girls I'm, or all these men that I'm having sex with, they all want me. That means I am a good person. That means I am desirable. Um, they need that constant reassurance. That's a sign of an insecure person. Absolutely. And I think that played a lot into, uh, you know, my serial cheating as well. Um, John, you've known me for a long time. You know, as, as a younger person, I did have a lot of insecurities. Yeah. And I think it did create that um, environment for me to feel really good when I felt pursued. Yeah. And the older I've gotten and the more confidence I've gained, the less I get from that pursuing from somebody else you didn't need that like validation from other people to be like oh see i must not be you know unattractive or overweight or you know bad personality why would they have sex with me if i was any of those things exactly and again regardless of how you know physically attractive somebody actually is if they don't believe that in their own heads that's what they see they don't see what's in the mirror and i think that does create a lot of issues with with cheating. Okay. So all of that makes sense. And and this whole time we've been sort of, you know, it would be easy for us to do a show on talking about how shitty of a human being a serial <laughs> cheater is. It's easy to do, you know, cause most people want to hunt them down the, with torches and pitchforks, right. you know, at night, but we've kind of really talked about ex- explaining why they do these, these behaviors. And so the good news about it is that it can be sort of, you know, managed. I don't want to say curable because being a serial dater could be just as um, serious as being an alcoholic or being a drug addict or whatever. And there's really no 
cure for any of that. There's managing it, you know? Exactly. So because you actually did it yourself, you got your serial cheating under control. What tips would you give to other people in that situation to help them overcome that? Because some people probably don't want to be cured of their no. serial cheating. For a long love, time, I didn't either. Right. They love the variety or the... Um, the riskiness of it, the thrill of it. But there's probably some people who wish they didn't do it, um, but they, they feel that tractor beam compelling them and pulling them to do it. So what, what advice would you give to those people? Honestly, therapy is huge. Um, just like with any sort of addiction, therapy is so significant. Because again, we can't, if we had the answers inside of our own heads, we would have figured it out by now. Right. So therapy is significant, but also being having somewhere where you can be honest. Yeah. I think... For a long time, I felt like I had to hide what I was doing and what I was thinking and feeling from my friends and family. Um, and John, you were one of the few people for a long time that I could talk to yeah. and be honest with about it without right. fearing that judgment. Right. And with that judgment came more hiding and deceptiveness. No, believe me, I'm no, I'm no one to judge. I have, I have my own skeleton. Yeah. Some of us have graveyards, not just skeletons. Right. Um, and I think to find a way for me to be fulfilled, you know, I found other ways for me to feel good about myself and other ways where I could get some of that excitement in my life. Um, you know, there are still some things that I kind of do behind the scenes that, you know, bring that excitement and light up those parts of my brain, like having kind of a second job where I can be more relaxed and be kind of that, that life of the party. It definitely does help kind of calm that part of the brain. And so you think those things help take the place and give you that fulfillment that you relied on the, the cheating to provide you. Yeah. The last thing too is, you know, learning to play that tape through. So playing out the actual real life consequences that may come if I choose to step out of my relationship. You know, currently I have a partner and at any time I could choose to step out, but today I choose not to um, because I know what would happen if I do. And it really is taking that new brain, the, mm -hmm. the higher, you know, thinking, higher intelligence and using it to kind of stomp out that old brain that just is like, procreate, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Um, it's like the angel and the devil sitting on your shoulder. It really is. And I've got to make sure that, A, I know what that devil voice sounds like. It's usually the voice that's saying, you know, just go fuck everybody or, you know, try and get into this relationship. Yeah, and what I higher intelligence is. <laughs> I know that voice. Yeah. And it's like just figuring out what that higher intelligence voice is and listening to it. It's not that the devil voice is gone. It's always going to be there. Yeah. But not listening to it today. Yeah. All right. Well. That the last thing I'll ask you is kind of uh, to to dovetail onto what you just said about you know the devil always trying to the devil on your shoulder always trying to, to convince you to um, to go and cheat alcoholics and drug addicts and whatever they all have like a trigger that could totally harm their sobriety. What are some of the triggers that you know while you're going strong and not succumbing to the temptation to go out and cheat? What are some of the triggers that can cause that to happen that that other people who might be in the same shoes that you are should avoid? I think a big one for me um, in particular is where, you know, I have daddy issues, yeah. of course, um, when I feel like there's that possibility that I might be abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, the partner that I currently have, you know, he and I were together three years prior to us getting back together. And I learned that the feeling that I get when I am with that person, I haven't found anywhere else. Yeah. Um, not to say that I haven't sought it out. So that consequence would be losing kind of that companionship that I feel like kind of melds with mine. And when I feel like I might be losing that, it's like, okay, well, let me go find, you know, something else or somebody else that might fill in that void. But it's, it's just not going to happen and just accepting that it's not. Yeah. So it's a lot more because this guy and this relationship is different than in the past, then it shows that you have a lot more to risk. Yeah. And so that, that raises the stakes a little bit and is, is more of a motivator for you to not fall back into the old behaviors, right? Absolutely. And it's not him. It's that feeling that I get. Yeah. Being in that partnership. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's made life a lot less complicated. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer, you know, trying to create chaos and being comfortable living in chaos because I was for a long time. Now I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Um, I'm able to just come home at night and be content, not with him but with myself right and you you use that word complicated this is, a, <laughs> this is an a, understatement right. to be honest you, you, well you know i know you well you're not a complicated person but that is a but i love complicated right well yeah that that keeps things exciting and and fun and unpredictable and it it keeps life exciting but there's always the hangover that comes after afterwards you know? absolutely absolutely and it, it's i am very thankful to say that this is, you know, the first relationship that I've been in where I haven't stepped out, yeah. which is a huge accomplishment for me, just like an alcoholic getting, you know, a year sober. Yeah. It's a big deal. And I'm, I'm very, you know, grateful for yeah. the steps that I've taken. And, um, you know, there is hope out there if you don't want to be a serial cheater, <laughs> um, but it takes work. We yeah. can't just sit around and expect things to change. Right. Well, like you said, it's complicated. And I hope that gives all of you out there a little bit better of a sense of why people cheat because it's complicated. It's not as simple as a guy wanting to stick his dick and everything that's out there. He may have actual, you know, deep in the depths of his brain reasons why he's doing what he's doing. And it doesn't mean that your female partner is a whore. There might be an actual reason why she's doing what she's doing other than just wanting to get laid. Getting laid is fun, but there might be a reason why they keep doing it over and over again. And I hope that Sarah was able to give you guys a little insight on why they're doing what they're doing and, more importantly, steps you can take to actually do something about it if you want to do something about it. Hey, some people want to cheat, and, and hey, if, if that's what you want. Yeah, if you don't want to do anything about it, keep keep living your life. Yeah. There is That is part of... You know, species, all animals. That's our part of our animal brain. You're right. Yeah, we're not trying to change you. We're just trying to help you if you're looking for help. Yeah, so. just got uncomfortable for me. Yeah. So I stopped. <laughs> right. Thanks, Sarah, for coming in and talking about this. It's, yeah, thanks uh, for having me. And, and filling in for Shay. I think you did a kick-ass job. Thanks. I think we should have you come in when Shay is here and the three of us can really do a deep dive into our brains and figure out why men and women are so fucked up. That would be awesome. Anytime. <laughs> And that'll do it for today's edition of Believe in the Sex Playbook. I'm John Ibrahim. Make sure to hit me up on Facebook and Instagram under the username The Real John Ibrahim. And please remember to subscribe to the Sex Playbook and give the show a five star rating. 
Once again, I want to thank my guest, my good friend Sarah, for filling in. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Remember, you can find Believe in the Sex Playbook on your favorite podcast directories, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And of course, always at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter, please tweet your questions or topics at me and Shay, and I promise we will try to read them in a future episode. You can find me on Twitter at John Ibrahim and Shay at Kilmer Shay. That's K-I-L-L-M-E-R-S-H-A-Y. And if you guys really want to get some counseling advice or anything like that, hit me up and I will find a way to get you in touch with Sarah or she can recommend <laughs> you know, somewhere to send you that uh, will help you out with whatever your issue is. Is that cool, Sarah? Absolutely. All right. Remember, we're here to help. Make sure to check out all the other great podcasts on the Believe Network, like the Believe in Arizona Fit Podcast Show, where host Ian Knight goes over the best of the fitness scene in Phoenix, Arizona. The inaugural episode is up on the Believe Network right now, so check it out. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. And you've been listening to The Sex Playbook on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.